What's good, everybody? It's your boy, C. Philly. We are back. This is Three O's, Profile on the Most Dope. You already know what it is. Uh, if you want to follow the show, we're on Twitter and Instagram at 3O underscore S. That's at T-H-R-E-E-O underscore S. On SoundCloud at SoundCloud.com slash 3O's with no underscore. And also, you can find the show on iTunes as well. I- I'm joined today by a uh, guy you can say with many talents runs uh i guess you could say you're the ceo kind of behind the creative a little bit of everything right with uh los angeles clothing brand so um just kind of getting started i know that you're obviously it sounds like are you based in la i know you're obviously out in cali but where's uh kind of y'all you guys headquarters at yeah well we're based in la uh i have you know multiple people that i've met throughout the way that have helped me you know brand and help me you know market throughout social media and stuff that are all over the country and the globe but as, as for right now like the the focal point of the brand and the point is definitely la which is like where i reside dope dope yeah i was actually uh i was actually out there in the march first time ever getting to the west coast and everything i gotta say man like the vibes it's, it's no joke man it's like a uh it's it's awesome it's like a different world out there man for sure it's so great so. Absolutely. It is. Uh, I'm, I'm originally from New York. Uh, I was born in New Jersey, but I moved to New York when I was real little. And so I grew up in New York. And one day, you know, after meeting several people from L.A., like I just was like, I got to make the jump. Uh, I left, you know, family, friends, everybody and went out to the West Coast and just started making it happen, man. Yeah, I mean, the vibes out there. That's one thing. You know, I told some people when I got back was, you know, it's really a city for like the creative mind. You know what I mean? Like to really go out there and you know, Cali's a really, from what I gather, really like accepting place and open to new ideas and kind of open to, you know, people's, just people's artistic side or creative side. So, I mean, that that was one thing I really liked and picked up. And I mean, I'd love to get out there as well. But uh, talk about a little bit. I mean, obviously you said you were from New York. You kind of made the jump out there. What was that like? I'm sure, I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that obviously make that jump and, you know, some people obviously do really well and some people you know what circumstance have it have to come back what was what was your experience like obviously you know going out to the west coast and kind of taking that risk i mean basically i felt like i always felt like a black sheep where i was from uh new york's a real tough place to grow up man like i grew up uh went to hofstra uh which is right near the city uh in hempstead new york it's a tough like you know area to grow up as far as being an individual uh, New York's old school. It's where like hip hop originated, you know, it's, you know, so being a rapper, being a fashion designer, being someone from there, you really have to bring it or else you'll get eaten alive. And so what I did was I realized that my vibes didn't always match where I was from. I'm much more of a happy go lucky guy. Like I'm, you know, free creative. I was into, you know, the Cali vibes always. So I'm like, I go out to LA and uh, on a visit, you know, before I made the move and just felt like the moment I got off the plane, man, like the air, it's like you smell it in the air. It's just like, exactly, man. It's just (laughs) like, it's such a blessed place to be when you're somebody, you know, who likes to create, whether it's an artwork or, you know, designing or recording or acting or anything like that. It's just a special place to be when you like to do those kind of things. Yeah, that was we actually stayed down on Venice Beach, man. It's like that Venice Beach is uh liberating, if you will. It's just like anything any, anything you want, you can have it, you know what I mean? So Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all my tattoos that I have are were done down there. So I have a bunch of tattoos that were done right there on Venice Beach. Uh so it's definitely a dope place to chill. Really? How many uh how many tats you got if you don't mind me asking? 
I have three tattoos right now. Um, they're like they've been broken up though, because I have a quarter sleeve uh, on my right arm, and then I have some on my left forearm. Uh, I definitely am getting more, but you know, to to find time to just sit down and get you know four <laughs> hours to just work on me, like I just have, haven't had the time recently. So I'll work on it later. Right. So yeah, get into that. You're a guy, obviously. You know, we talked a little bit before the show. Your guy have kind of multiple, uh, multiple outlets, if you will. You know, you're always grinding and everything. Talk a little bit about sticking with the brand and everything. Do you have like is what's uh, I guess expand on like maybe your graphic design background or his background as far as like in fashion? Like you, I would imagine you starting a brand. Like obviously you've followed like fashion, maybe hip hop fashion or there. You know, uh, some sort of form of that. What's kind mm-hmm. of your background and maybe what what made you even want to start and get into the fashion game? So basically what I I started where I I had these ideas that I wanted to create and as a young artist, you know, before you're signed, before you have any management, before you have anything, you're just yourself and you got to create things for yourself, you know. And when you're 16, 15 years old, you don't have a budget, you know, to throw together to just have merch made and to pay people to make stuff for you. So you you got to teach yourself. Um, I never took a class on how to create, you know, graphic design. Uh, I just worked on it. And, you know, my beginning stuff was complete shit. And I'm like, hey, listen, I got to make my own album covers. I got to make my own websites. I got to make my own banners. I got to make my own promos, like, because no one else is going to make it for me. So along the way, I just started, like, meeting other artists that were telling me, like, hey, listen, man, your music's dope. But the stuff that you're making, like, for your music, your artwork, like, your album themes, like, is is so cohesive like it seems like you're not just recording the music like you're creating it from a whole and obviously artists like uh kanye west you know uh people like ian connor you know asap rocky who i've had the pleasure of performing with and stuff like just guys like that have inspired me as a younger artist to take more of an approach at you know, you don't have to just make music. You don't, you can be in movies, you could be a director, you know, you could be, you could design architecture, artwork, you know, it it doesn't stop. It stops with you, you know, whatever you decide you want to do, you can do. So my graphic design background, I mastered, you know, Photoshop and all that stuff. So I started, you know, experimenting with ideas. And a while back, I started a brand called Hollygood uh, when I was in my teenage years that, you know, fizzled. I had, you know, local support and stuff. But once I got into the industry and I started knowing artists and management and things like that, that's when I started to see, you know, rather than wear what my favorite people were wearing, I wanted to say, I'm going to try and preempt what they're going to wear. I'm going to try and get to the forefront of where are these guys getting the inspiration to do what they're doing. And I, I took more pride and, you know, I started getting looks, you know, you start getting weird looks like, you know, what's he wearing? Like, that's not necessarily in style. Like I was wearing dad hats, like, you know, two and a half years ago where like literally my dad went in his closet and he had a whole bunch of Titleist hats <laughs> and Nike dry fits. And I'm like, these are fire. Like just cause it doesn't have a snapback doesn't mean shit. So, I mean, that's kind of how it started. Dope, dope. Yeah. And just kind of diving into, I mean, there's definitely something and you touched on it as well. Like, just being real organic with the shit. I mean, what people don't realize, you know, I've said this before is that, I mean, anything you want to learn, anything you want to do, you can find, we have, you know, so much technology at our fingertips. I mean, it's possible to, you know, not have to have some extensive background and, you know, be able to learn something like that. So, I mean, that's, that's definitely dope. Cause I mean, you can definitely, uh, you know, in the, definitely the brand, when I look at the brand, the Los Angeles brand is definitely something different that I've never seen and definitely something that stands out and is dope as well. So, Diving back into the music a little bit, uh, I know that you said also, you also 
So you actually had a pretty good bit of success, I would say, as an artist. I mean, you signed, you know, a label, you know, signed to a label kind of early on. Talk about sort of, you know, your music background and this sort of how it's influenced maybe, you know, your design or the fashion sense as far as, you know, in your brand, how it's kind of influenced that. Yeah, sure. Like when and when I like with my music, like I did experience some like success. I mean, I hate to compare myself to anybody that's signed to a major, you know, things. My deal was more of like, you know, management, distribution, support, backing, investment. You know, it wasn't like none of these deals that like Lil Uzi Vert and Post Malone and all these dudes or big influencers have right now. But, you know, it was something, you know, it was something that where I was from that no one had ever done before. Uh, I definitely started rapping during a time where being a white rapper wasn't necessarily cool. You know, like I'm, I'm 25. So I've been rapping for, you know, 10 12 years so you know 12 years ago asher roth wasn't even around so the only guy i really had to inspire me was eminem and i wasn't anything like M. you know i was from a suburb of new york like i wasn't you know it was a tough area but it wasn't <laughs> detroit so i was right. like i can't rap about the stuff that M's rapping about but i could rap about what i'm about and that's when the mac miller phase hit and when the mac miller phase hit my music hit it was like all these white boys you know that could spit but you know weren't were given like he's on my feet <laughs> exactly like the new store like it was like the new school and you know guys started you know the culture just started to accept us a little bit more and i you know i was appreciative and i got to benefit from that i dropped some music videos and i met a a, a crazy director his name was john kilmer uh, he's a big director for mike stud and a couple of other guys um, who are in the industry. And I met him in college and he started doing my videos and we started talking to some music blogs and stuff. And the blogosphere started starting with like fashion blogging and music blogging and that, I was right on the crest of that. So I was blessed to be able to start making music where the internet was really like, YouTube views were like the thing back then. So if you had that's how you basically, how, Yeah, it's how you could make it basically. I mean, that's how a lot of guys came on. Exactly. And so nowadays it's more SoundCloud, Spotify, you know, underground, stuff like that. But back in the day, YouTube videos, guys who had shot music videos that were like HD, that were crazy edited, were like, if you saw a dope one and the song was good and the music was credible and it was dope, then people were going to share it. And that's how, you know, my, my start kind of like started to go. No, and you had a, uh, you had a what was your stage name when you were uh, were you rapping? Because I know it wasn't. I think it was something different than what yeah, you, uh, uh, so you have now, right? So it started uh, as solo, just solo, S O L O. When I first started, because I was a member of this rap group when I was really young, and they basically told me I was whack, and they're like, "Yo, you know, you need to, you know, get better at rapping. You need to do this." And I was a really young kid at the time, so I told my mom, you know. Let's get a microphone. I spent my money on getting a microphone and stuff. I was about 12 or 13. And I spent like a year in my room just practicing writing. You, you Like I had papers like all over my desk, you know, handwritten type, whatever. And I, I started dropping music by myself. So I was going solo. And uh, so then I kind of changed it because, you know, once in the internet, you type in the word solo. It's like a lot of stuff comes up, right? A lot of stuff's gonna come up. So we changed it to Pat Solo, and I ran with that for a very long time. I came to a point in my life where I felt like Pat Solo was the, the guy I was, was the boy. You know, like I was him from 16 to like 21, and I had some success, but music was changing. You know, I didn't necessarily want to do the whole pop 
you know, image Bieber. Like I got a lot of comparisons to Justin Bieber, a lot of comparisons to like, you know, a little bit of the pop side of it. And I'm more right. hip hop oriented. So I thought it'd be time for a change. So I just, you know, I went with my last name, Jameson, which I should have ran with from the beginning. Cause you know, when you think about it, it's like Jameson liquor, like Jameson's just like a, a dope name. So yeah, that's what I, I was really thinking. Honestly, that's what came to mind for me. <laughs> that's what everybody says. And uh, honestly, uh, a guy named by the name uh, of Roland from Interscope just told me, you know, your last name's everything. Like, stop trying to, you know, think of a cool name. These guys, these guys, like, they just try and think of these funny names. Like, just run with your name. That's the, that's as genuine as you can get. And that was like one of the realest conversations I had had about it. And I was like, you're right. So, like that night, I was like, that's it. I'm done. Pass solo was a chapter, but it's not the story. It's always good when that shit's organic. Like me, just. Throwing me in there for a second. See Philly, that actually just came. I was I played college baseball and I had a pitching coach and he literally was just like, "Hey Philly, come over here." Yeah. And just kind of somebody called me See Philly and it just like stuck ever since. I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna run with it." Basically, yeah. sounds like my name anyway. So fuck it. Comes natural. Uh, yeah. That, when that shit's organic, like there's nothing better, like you were saying. So, um, yeah. So diving into the brand now, like really getting into it. Um. You know, obviously, I think it's really dope. I love kind of the play on words and everything, and even the Hollywood, the uh, the Hollywood brand that you had. I know you said fizzled out a little bit. Uh, you know, there's beauty in the simplicity. I think that's like a diamond supply thing, but like it really is true. So, what was kind of your inspiration and sort of for the brand, and what's kind of the meaning, you know, behind Los Angeles? So, Los Angeles started out as a term that I was using uh, before even the clothing started. It was my theory of when I got there, I knew all these kids who had so many talents, like whether you were an athlete, you were an actor, you were a comedian, you were a rapper, you were a singer, and nobody really had like, everybody was from different places. And they came there because they were the black sheep of wherever they were from. And Los Angeles, the whole theory behind the brand is the city of LA is you know, most people aren't from there. They're from other places. Now, they'll be from Cali, you know, outside the city or whatever, but most people aren't born in Hollywood Boulevard, you right, know, like right. they just come. And so I just was thinking like everybody, and you know, there's a lot of things in LA that will make you go astray, whether it be, you know, drugs or the club or girls or the life, like the money, like anything, you know, fake friends is like all those things is evolved into this name Los Angeles where I felt like the city harbors people that are talented from all walks of life, but they're kind of lost. They don't really know what they want to do and they got their hands and everything, but it's like everywhere you go, there's somebody either trying to, you know, fuck you over or there's somebody who's trying to get something from you. And I just felt like I wanted a brand that people could wear and it's almost like for misfits. Like it's for people who don't fit in, but fit in, if that makes any sense. And it's right. like, no, I got you. it seemed like, you know, with the culture, the way it's going, it, that's, people are now making different cool. And it wasn't always that way. And nowadays people aren't getting hated on for having pink hair, for having purple dreads, you know, for wearing ripped holes in their shirts or wearing weird stuff because it's like being different now is the cool thing to be. And I, I mean, that's, I'm down for that because that's what my brand's about. So I said this city, like the energy, you know, the title, like everything ties in. And it also tied in with because the name of my project that I'll be dropping was Los Angeles. So I have like this whole cohesive clothing slash 
you know, music slash I'm going to, I have a production, you know, things that I'm working on as well with Los Angeles with a whole bunch of different people. That's almost like a collective, you know, how ASAP mob has their, you know, their little, uh, you know, group and people like that. And that's exactly what it's based on. It's based on the black sheep. It's based on the people who are lost, but you come to this city, you're going to, and you, and you work hard and you don't get lost. You, you know, you could do some crazy good things. That's dope. That's dope. Uh, when you first went out to LA, was that something you had to battle as far as, I mean, and obviously you said the fake people, I mean, you can really get, you know, literally lost in LA and like the, like you said, the drugs party and the girls, I mean, everything. Was that something that when you first got out there, was that something you had to battle? I mean, I, I, I'd be lying if I said no. Uh, but I, I would say that I definitely have stronger will than a lot of people that I knew. So uh, I definitely, you know, I slipped up here and there, like, you know, doing things probably that I wasn't supposed to be doing or hanging around at least people that I probably shouldn't have been hanging around that weren't best for me. Uh, and I separated myself from those people rather quickly because I saw what it was. And, you know, me being who I am, like nobody kind of influences me into doing anything. So, you know, they can do what they want to do, but that ain't me. So I kind of any anything and anybody that kind of pushed me off my path, I just got them out of my out of my circle. Yeah, I feel like that's something that could easily happen, though, honestly. I mean, even in just anywhere you're at, but especially somewhere like that where everybody's trying to – I mean, L.A. will, you know, eat you up and spit you out if you let it. So, I mean, you can easily get around the wrong people. So, hey, exactly. props to you for seeing that early at least. Yeah, earlier <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, one thing as well, uh, one thing I really liked about your brand I was looking at is really the ex exclusivity. Um, there you go. I'm, I got it out. Exclusivity of it. I know with, uh, you know, it looks like you've had, I guess, two drops. Is that right? As far as the uh, yeah, the uh, Sim will find you out and then the latest uh, Los Angeles shirt. You have 25 pieces for each. Talk about kind of your, I guess, your thought process as far as, you know, because I, I really like the idea because people want to obviously rock something that's going to be exclusive. Not everybody's got. Uh, kind of talk about your, your thought process, even from like a business side, if you want, about kind of that ex exclusivity and what it would mean for your brand. So I know in the culture, it's important to be, like you said, genuine. And so what I was hearing from, you know, all sorts of people in the fashion industry and who are influencers and things like that is you go to Forever 21, you go to H&M, you go to, you know, Adidas, you go to all these, you know, stores and everybody's got the same thing. Everybody's got that version, that, that color that, you know, some you'll, you'll see somebody out if you shop there wearing the same thing as you, and I always hated that feeling. I hated walking around and walking into somebody that had the same windbreaker or the same hat or the same, you know, whatever. And so I was like, I was, I would sacrifice, you know, financials and, and make it profit, like an enormous amounts of profit to, to have to people to get something that's exclusive and I'll never restock it. Like, I want people to look at the the pieces and the drops, not just as a shirt. I want you to look at it as a piece, an art piece. And I went when I give the shirt or when I sell the shirt, the, it comes with like an individual thing, whether it be the card that gives your number and a note to you, or a poster that comes with a you know signed by me, you know to you. And then you know, and from here on out, I have plenty of surprises and stuff that I'll be working on that's doper and each drop's going to get doper and doper and doper. Like anybody who thinks drop one and drop two are dope. Like I have up to drop 10 done 
It's just like I'm pacing myself with how they go. So you've really taken an individualized approach to it as far as like you were saying, like each piece when somebody buys it, like they've got the note written, you've got the number. You think that's going to continue? Is that something you want to kind of sustain over time, like with each each drop that you have? Yes. Uh, see, I want to take the approach of which what I'll do is as the brand evolves and grows, I will have things that people can cop all the time. I know people, you know, just want to rock some stuff that maybe is a little bit more generic or a little bit less exclusive, just not even on a, because they don't want it to be exclusive, just they want, they can get it year round. It's like, if I didn't stay up till midnight to get the drop and I, and it sells out, then I, I can't get it or if it's sold out my size. I can't get it. So what I'll do is I have a volume that I'm going to be dropping midsummer, which is going to be a volume of about two to three pieces, maybe four. I'm still deciding uh, of stuff that you can cop, you know, for about four or five months. And if it sells out, I'll restock it. But the drops will always be exclusive, whether we got a hundred thousand people, a million people, you know, it's a Supreme approach a little bit, but it's even more like Supreme will give you like a hundred thousand pieces. I will always keep it around, 25 50 to 100 so any you know person who gets that it's like you got it and that's your piece it's like when van gogh or picasso or any of those guys made paintings they didn't sit there and paint you you know two hundred thousand versions of something they made a exactly. few of them and then that's that and they didn't sit down and make any more and you know you could stick around and get you know a new one but if you didn't if you didn't cop that one then you didn't cop it that's why you got to stay up with us on social media Hey, that's why I give, that's what gives it value, right? I mean, if they had, you know, unlimited, it wouldn't be valuable. So it exactly. makes sense. So I got to ask as far as like, you know, with your marketing and everything, obviously it looks like, you know, you've been able to generate a little bit of buzz with, you know, I imagine probably from, you know, already doing the music and probably getting out to LA and meeting some people and, you know, kind of your name's already out there. But, you know, obviously you go to your Instagram, it's 21 Savage, you know, it's Bieber, it's ASAP Rocky, it's Migos. Um, you know, talk about, is that something you're looking to do as far as obviously link up with like, you know, influential artists like in LA globally, even because obviously those guys tour, I mean, global. Um, but is that something, you know, how, what, how have you been successful as far as, you know, because obviously that's a huge marketing tool, as we all know, um, you know, how have you been able to use that? And is that something you plan on doing, obviously, you know, in the future? Yeah. So the key is with, with people, influencers and, you know, people who you want to either rep your brand or even wear it. Like, it's not even always like the artist is repping you, you know, like they'll throw you a post and dedicate it to you. It's more of like artists love free stuff and they love free exclusive stuff. So if they know that no one else is going to be able to get it, they like it because it feels exclusive. The key is to be in relations with all of their management photographers, things like that, because those are the people that they're around all the time. Those are the people that capture the moments, you know, like the artists themselves don't capture the moments. So people will always be going to the artists and the artists and the artists, can you do this? Can you wear this? Can you, you know, will you just take this? Will you wear it? You know, and sometimes you'll give it to an artist, you know, if they never wear it, you'll, you may not ever get a picture of them in it. You know, it's just like, you just want the opportunity and if you happen to catch a moment you happen to you know you just run with it and the key is, is that people need to start you know realizing that the photographers the management the show promoters those people are as influential as the artists now they don't get the airtime and they don't get the attention that the other people do but they're the ones who capture the moments and they're the people that you know will will be the ones saying oh you know i'll, I'll get a picture of that or I'll, I'll see him in that 
or check out, didn't that person give you that shirt? You should rock that because, you know, this person's wearing something that looks just like what you're wearing, but this shit's different. So that's what I like. Like, I, I like, you know, reaching out to artists that I feel like represent my brand well. And, you know, there's a lot of artists in, you know, the industry that represent, you know, hip hop and what I'm, you know, going for and black sheep. And I, you know, as I'll go after the artists that are popping and I also have numerous artists, athletes that I'm working with that you guys probably don't even never heard of, but will hear of. I do like to think of myself as a little bit of an A&R. Uh, I've been, you know, listening to a lot of guys that people are just starting to hear about for a long time due to my, just to my, luckily my connections in the industry, they've been, Hey, yo, this guy is pretty good. And then I just happen to be in the room when they're talking about it. And then I go home, I listen, I do my research and I'm like, this guy would be perfect for the brand. Right. Dope. So what are you, uh, kind of shifting as far as, you know, when you got out to LA, was it as far as was the fashion culture kind of what you thought it would be? Was it moving in the direction you wanted? How did it? Uh, and what is it now? Uh, I'm sorry, my bad. Uh, what did you say? So as far as yeah, so as far as like the fashion culture goes, like when you oh, first okay. made that jump to LA, is it is it was it kind of what you expected? Is it like different now? Like what's what's kind of the culture? And is it kind of trending in the direction that you you wanted to be going in? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So basically, uh, when I first got to LA, I had to play catch up, uh, because, you know, being from New York, New York, I don't care what anybody says is not on the level of fashion that LA is maybe like very few people, you know, in Manhattan, you know, in the heart of the city, the designers that live there, but most of the people that are even coming to New York doing fashion week are from LA or work in LA or primarily based in LA. So when I got there, I realized, I'm behind. Like I looked at my entire closet and threw it away. No lie. I threw away my entire closet when I got there. Uh, I bought all new clothes, all new everything. And I found myself being a follower. I found myself being influenced by artists that, you know, were wearing stuff. And I'm like, I'm just a glorified follower. You know, I may catch it before the mass, but I'm still following them. So I started thinking, what's something that nobody would wear? Like, What's something I, like? I love wearing hats, but what's the one hat that people wouldn't wear? So I started wearing like biking hats, you know, dad hats, you know, things, uh, beanies, but not the beanies that were, you know, the Bieber one with the high top, you know, like right. I wore scully ones that were a little bit closer to the head, you know, just certain things like that. And I started, you know, paying attention to, you know, fabrics became important and, and, and things like that. And so as far as the fashion industry and where it's going, I really really like where it's going uh athletic wear in this year is about to be huge i'm talking you used to think a t-shirt and basketball shorts and some runners was like you know basic you know you'd think oh that's just what you wore to high school soccer practice or baseball practice or basketball practice i was a high school athlete that's all i wore in high school was i just lived in basketball shorts and you know running shoes or basketball shoes and tank tops and jerseys and it's really nice to see that the fashion industry is heading that way where we're getting back into FUBU. We're getting back into like Mecca. We're getting back into stuff that I was wearing when I wanted to be like 50 Cent, you know, when I was at sixth grade. Fat <laughs> Farm, like things like that, you know, with a modern twist are going to be fire in like the new year. Yeah, everybody's like, fuck it. I, w I mean, I want to look good, but I want to be comfortable too. Shit, is that a problem? Exactly. Yeah, I feel like, like with the joggers too even, like I've kind of gone more to that style as far as kind of like the – the jogger style pan, if you will, like the real comfortable, yeah. like, and really, I think what I've seen, at least this might, you know, something I've seen in fashion, obviously, is like, 
I really got into the shoe game heavy after I got out of college and got done with baseball and like started rocking the Jays and everything and like the joggers just showing off the showing off the sneaker. I mean, shit, you pay enough for them, fuck it, show the sneaker off. You know what I'm saying? Like you wear the big ass baggy jeans. That that I I think of it now. I'm like that pissed me off. Like I paid so much for that shoe and it's just like you nobody's gonna see it. Like. Exactly. Especially if it's like a rare piece, like like you were saying. So exactly, you're spending, you're waiting. People wait online. They're doing all the, all this shit for you know to cop you know dope shoes. And now it really makes me happy to see that people are waiting online for actual sweatpants. You know, like hoodies, like brands like Valone, and you know certain things like Supreme. Like it makes me so happy to see that you know as long as they don't you know they're taking the time uh some companies you know don't spend as much time on the design now because you know they're so big that they just kind of throw something on there and people buy it like I'm not going to say any names but just certain brands and I, I i like the keeping the integrity of it so you know these brands could still you know have these kids waiting online if they just spent a little bit more time on some individual you know pieces of art on clothing right absolutely so obviously you know I definitely think your shit is, you know, different from anything else. But and I know that obviously, you know, you're the black sheep. Like I'm not, you know, you don't, you're not going to be compared to anybody. But was there, was there? Did, did you find inspiration from any? Like, were there any other brands you saw that were kind of black sheep like that? Maybe that like you found inspiration from and kind of said, hey, like if they can do this, like I can come up with some dope shit as well, and like I can give give people, you know, and follow this, you know, follow this and kind of be a step ahead of the game and give the people what they want. Yeah, honestly, what I would say was is I wouldn't say individual brands, but what I would say is artists influence me. So I'm also in the business of designing. I do merch for tons of artists uh, on on social media and in the music industry. A um, couple of artists, uh, Skate Maloli. Uh, I'm also uh, doing. I did some designs for Sammy Wilkinson, um, who are both like you know in the Jenner circle, you know that whole Hollywood area. I've done stuff for Sean Kingston, Ronnie Banks. Um, I've done stuff for Floyd Mayweather. Uh, I did some of the money team designs a couple years back. So it really, the individuality of the artists and the, 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 you know, the athletes and the people I was doing stuff, that's what kind of inspired me to say, I'm creating all these dope, you know, personalized things for them and their base why am I not doing it myself? Like for my own, you know, for my own thing, you know, cause I'd be telling them, you know, we should do this and that. And if we had a disagreement or we had something like, I'd be like, you know what? I could just make that myself. Like, why don't I just go, you know, start my own thing. So I started plotting and game planning and, you know, saying I could do this myself. So honestly designing for other artists for their own personalized merchandise, that's really what inspired me. Go. All right. Uh, yeah, and taking a look, uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about, obviously your latest drop, the uh, the motion picture, uh, the motion picture, pa picture package, if I can spit it out. Uh, what was kind of the inspiration behind that? Because obviously you take a look at it, you've got like, obviously it looks like different different areas and different streets kind of in LA. What was the inspiration behind that drop? And, uh, you know, what, what, uh, you know, what kind of led you to that? So the inspiration for it was I was watching Kill Bill. Uh, Quentin Tarantino movie. I'm a huge Tarantino fan. Uh, and basically like this whole, uh, kind of in fashion last year, we had this whole religious almost, uh, vibe on fashion. And I thought it was really dope that such a non, you know, back 
10, 15 years ago, anybody who had a cross on their shirt, you know, or had any, you know, sort of religious image on their shirt, it was almost like blasphemous. Like, you know, if it wasn't for your church or it wasn't for some, you know, you're for that specific reason, you don't really catch a lot of people wearing it. But now it was like almost like taboo. Like it was just so weird for people to, to wear it. And with that wave, I was inspired because law being lost, you know, and having religion or having, you know, something to guide you throughout that is, you know, something to, to look to. So motion picture was inspired by, I was watching this Tarantino movie and I was thinking like, you know, I really love the vintage old, you know, movie poster vibe of Pulp Fiction, Kill Bill, you know, Reservoir Dogs, things like that. So I said, what if I made like, it looked like almost like you put a scanned poster that was folded up, ripped up, you know, from an old 80s or an early 90s Tarantino movie and you put it on a shirt. And rather than, you know, just use a movie that was from back then, why don't we make Los Angeles a motion picture? Like, why don't we make it like a movie? Movies have posters and movies have shirts and stuff. Like Star Wars, you'll see it all over the place, you know. And so that's how they kind of spread the word uh, for those brands. And I said, like, why not? So I included all the most popping streets that, you know, you can get lost on in, uh, in L.A., whether it be Rodeo with your bread or Hollywood Boulevard with your clubs or, you know, the hills or whatever, or Mulholland Drive with girls, like it's, you know, whatever. And so that inspired the piece, uh, motion picture. Yeah, I was going to say going back to the uh, the cross thing is walking a guy that I'm actually going to go see next week in concert. I mean, the weekend. His whole Starboy concept and everything, like yes. you know, rocking the cross. I don't know if you've seen. You've probably seen the Starboy music video where he's got the cross and he's like basically breaking the house down in the hills. Like yep. his whole kind of concept behind that is, you know, like you were saying with the uh, bringing the cross into it, like what you said. Like I think you're absolutely right, which is something completely different and something that you know, even like ten years ago would have been like, oh my god, what is he doing? And now it's, you know, like openly acceptable. So I mean, it's definitely seen that shift so for exactly. sure what's uh what's kind of so let's just say what's when you're coming up with what's kind of your process when you're coming up with you know your next uh artistic piece if you will what what's your what's uh what's your process behind that so i don't like to rush a piece um i will sit for days sometimes you know you know revising an idea or you know brainstorming and i'll say you know this isn't it and when i know it's it like i know and i never rush it some pieces take me you know an hour and some pieces take me a week you know it depends on you know the idea it depends on you know how i'm feeling you know how inspired i feel uh and it normally is like a snap light bulb moment i know it sounds kind of you know, cliche, but I'll be, you know, smoking or I'll be chilling with my friends or I'll be watching a movie or I'll be listening to a song and I'll be like, oh, wow, that's, we could, like, I have an idea. And I run to my laptop and I pull it out, whether it be 3 a.m., you know, 7 in the morning, you know, lunchtime, whatever, and I just get it down and I, and I, and I start creating and I don't stop, you know, until I start, you know, until I find it. Now I'll put it down for a little bit, but then I get back to it and people will be hitting my phone and, you know, or talking to me. I'll be like, Oh, right now I'm working, I'm working, I'm working. And I'll get back, I'll get back to you. But right now I'm in the middle of creating something. True. Yeah. That's, I was actually going to say too, I knew a guy that, uh, I forgot who it was, but it was probably, gosh, it was probably like 
a little bit after 2005 and uh you know obviously before you know iphones and all that shit we had at our fingertips but he would always say he was kind of he was very like artistic and actually wrote books and stuff and he's like i carry around a small notepad around me at all times so that when yeah. i find anywhere i find inspiration i'm able to write it down as fast as possible and i have it with me so kind of similar to you know what you're saying as well like people understand or people have got to understand like that shit just comes upon you like i mean when you're thinking critically and thinking outside the box like it's just you know it's something that uh and when it's real organic shit like that too, like you can really feel it in the stuff you put out, like kind of what you put in and what comes out. And I definitely feel like, you know, with your your apparel as well, I mean, obviously you've only had two drops, but I think you can already see that, like kind of the black sheep feel something different and, uh, you know, making that twist on the city of Los Angeles. So uh, for sure. But with that being said, um, Pat, the shit is dope. I'm going to have to go cop. I was actually looking. They all are out of extra large. It sucks. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to wait for the next drop i think i don't i was i was like can i fit in a large i don't know but well, uh i mean it depends like what, what if you normally the the stuff is like good material like champion hooks it up like they have some uh dope you know like material um the the xls run like a little big i, I like wearing my stuff big so and people these days like wearing their stuff big so xls mm -hmm. are always the first to go like whether it be right. merch whether it be the clothing line whether it be you know whatever people love the even even girls like they'll wear bigger stuff because like that's just the vibe now like nobody likes skin tight you know stuff where right, they feel right. like they can't move <laughs> right yeah what i was i was actually thinking about too i was like man i might cop that large and cut it into a three-quarter sleeve hey right. Yo, and hey. you know what that'd be the only probably the only lost angeles shirt that looked like that and you'd be like yo yeah, I was tailored. a I was a big, big three quarter sleeve guy in baseball. So I mean, that's, dude, I still rock them to this day, bro. Yeah, to exactly. Day, to this day, I still wear quarter. I have so I probably one in every color. Just like from, just I used to wear them to soccer practice. I used to wear them to basketball. Like I always liked that baseball. You know, the white. Right. You know, right torso, black sleeves, red sleeves. I loved it. Hey, the shit's fresh. I mean, who cares, right? Like we were talking about shit, whatever. Exactly. But uh. Yeah, with that being said, Pat Jamison, obviously appreciate you coming on the show, man. It was an absolute pleasure kind of getting to pick your brain a little bit. Uh, the shit is dope. You know, I definitely think that, you know, you really got something here and obviously respect the hustle. Uh, tell the people uh, that are listening, just tell them where they can find your stuff at. All right. So our uh, Instagram is going to be uh, Los Angeles underscore clothing. Uh, it's pretty easy to find us. You know, we're, we're probably the only uh, – copyrighted uh los angeles brand and stuff um you can find my instagram at this is jameson uh that's jameson with an ie and yeah i mean i've kind of gone dark off of my personal instagram just to focus on my other things you know to not make it about me you know to make it more about my brand and make it you know but i'm active on there um i have multiple people that help me manage the you know the uh page and stuff i try to answer the messages and questions i get on there about sizing you know shipping stuff like that and uh yeah just be on the lookout for uh, new dope stuff and also our website is welcome to number two losangeles.com hey you heard it go get it this shit is limited this shit is exclusive only how many pieces left probably what very few i'm just gonna very few. It that. very few <laughs> hey very few you heard him go cop that shit uh, like I said, he's Pat Jamison. Welcome to Los Angeles, Los Angeles Clothing. Uh, I'm C. Philly at C. Philly 19. You can catch me there. Again, catch the show at 30 underscore S on Twitter and Instagram, on SoundCloud at 30s, and on iTunes as well. Appreciate you guys listening. We'll catch you next time. Peace.